0: Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Hey leader, what's on your mind? That is about the most loaded question I have ever been asked. I I can think of one other, but we'll get to that later. Not just the question I've been asked, but try it sometime asking those who lead you, what's on your mind? And then... Be ready for an unbelievable litany of diverse answers. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. I know one of the... uh, newest books of John Maxwell, or probably in the most recent five at least, is Great Leaders Ask Great Questions. It's a great book on coaching from the leadership role, or leading as a coach. They're not exactly the same, but they're very, very similar. As a coach, we're trained to ask questions, curiosity-based questions. Now, there are some who come with a preconceived notion of exactly how they're going to help you and what they're going to walk you through. They've got a template. They've got a set of questions that are already prepared. They're, you know, kind of the 20 questions kind of game. What about this area of your life? And what about this area of life? And how are the finances? And how is your team? And, and you kind of feel like you get in a rhythm and it's like a swing set and you're just waiting for the next question to answer it. And if you're really an astute listener as the person being coached, you kind of get a feel for what answer they're looking for. And just like when you take all those personality profile tests or the psyche valve for the newest job or the newest security clearance, if you're serving on a board or something of that nature and need a background check, every one of those kind of has a a rhythm to it. And once you figure out what that rhythm is, halfway through, you kind of figure out, I know how to play the game from here. I think one of the greatest things I ever heard from the coach who trained me to coach was, Stop with the 20 questions, ask the curiosity-based questions. It changed the way I interview as well, which is a challenge for people that I interview if they come to me with their postcards. Uh, They've already got their cue cards. They, They know what their answers are because it really outs them when I ask a question that's not on the cue card and I see them skipping through it. It's like watching a candidate at a forum who only has the answers that have been scripted by their PR team. And if you ask them a real question, something off script, something that really gets to the core values of who they are, you get some really bizarre answers. You get some unexpected, unpredicted, unplanned, unscripted answers. There's an old adage that says, from deep inside, that's what comes out of your mouth. Or from the depths of a man's heart, he speaks, I say it like this, when you squeeze a pineapple, you don't get ketchup. No matter how hard you squeeze the pineapple there's no ketchup in there here's what that really means when you ask a tough honest genuine question like what's on your mind tough honest genuine people respond with what's really going on inside now I would dare say it's not fair to ask that question if you're not ready to listen to the answer. In fact, it's inappropriate to ask the question if you're not ready to listen to the answer, to all of the answer. Because if you ask a leader what's on their mind, you might get anything from the most recent tax report to the most recent sales report. You might get the details of an IRS audit. I don't mean anything that would be breaking confidentiality, just the concerns that come along with it. All the fun of running a business. We've been wrestling with our banks lately because of a dispute that happened. Uh, the person who made the dispute finally said, you know, that was our error. It wasn't a dispute. We don't even question the bill. We we knew what the bill was. Everything was legitimate. It's all good. But our accountant didn't recognize the name on the bill. And so they disputed the charge. And oh, now it's a whole mess because the banks are going at each other as if the two parties involved were just the banks, not the client and the seller. What a mess. Well, that takes up a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and a lot of my focus and a lot of my attention. And if you ask me over coffee, what's on your mind? That's really on my mind. Not the five speeches that I have to deliver between now and the end of the year. Those audiences that are expecting the very best of me. Oh, I've written most of the scripts, but I haven't committed them to my heart in a way that I want to Why? Because there's something else on my mind. We've relocated this year. There's a lot on my mind. We have a different clientele base. There's a lot on my mind. If you ask a leader over coffee, what's on your mind? You better be prepared for the answer. But let me also ask you, leader to leader, what's on your mind? Are you wasting time on the haters? Are you wasting time with those thoughts of, I'm not enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not successful enough, I haven't accomplished enough things in my life for people to look at me and go, wow, that's a leader I would follow. Let me tell you something, if you have found yourself in that place where the biggest doubter in your life is the one that looks at you in the morning when you're brushing your teeth, you're in a tough spot not an uncommon spot but a tough spot a heartbreaking spot see here's here's the biggest challenge with you being your worst critic now you've got to be critical of yourself you've got to be willing to have insight and hindsight and foresight that's where vision comes from you've got to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror and be genuinely aware of your own faults and mistakes genuinely aware of them doesn't mean that you're constantly judging them that you're constantly critiquing yourself that you're constantly destroying yourself they're constantly hating yourself because the worst hater in the world is you and the reason is simple but clear nobody else has your ear as often nobody else has your ear as long no one else's voice is as loud in your heart, in your mind, in your soul as your own. And if you hate you, you're screwed. You've got to fix that. As a leader, what's on your mind is something you should be asking yourself on a regular basis, but not dwelling on to the extent that you can't focus on everything else. Maybe just take a quick inventory before you take a lunch break, before you take a water break, before you take a potty break. When you stand up from your desk, when you shift your focus from the task at hand for a moment, take a moment and ask yourself what's on your mind. You may find yourself, like many of us do, kind of halfway focused on a project that you're working on and and not not completely focused on it. I, I recently had to move some tracks from Audio CD. Back in the day, we had these little metal light discs, and we would put all of our audio on there. And for those of us who sold product 10 years ago, that's how we would distribute that product. Well, nowadays, everybody wants the instant download. So if you have teachings that are on CD or heaven forbid, cassette or reel-to-reel, they've got to be transferred to audio. And that audio needs to be an MP3 file that they can download quickly. Wave files are too big for online. So how do you get those off? Well, you could pay somebody to do that or you can start it as a side project. And I found myself recently going through about three and a half hours worth of teaching content that we only had on CD and moving it back to MP3 files. And the only way to do that was to move it track by track by track. And each of those discs has 37 tracks. The problem is you can't just like move them over there and rearrange them. You have to move them into an editing file and stack them. Copy and paste, one behind the other. And if you move number 22 and then the phone rings, you're going to go back and listen at least to 21 and 22 to make sure that they're congruent and that you've got 22 and not 23 in there before you move the next track because you don't want to put 22 in there twice and have 21, 22, 22, 23. No, you gotta, you got to be more focused on that. What's on your mind? Is it the phone call? Is it all the things that went off in your head when the phone call started? You got to get this invoice out. You got this contract out. You got to get this new thing started. You got to start planning and preparing for that. Did, did you get another calendar? Have you notified all the people that are going to be involved? Was that track 22 or 23? Yeah, that's the average day in the life of a leader. It's one of the reasons if you look back at uh, the turn of the century, the the last one, not this one, the last one. The 20th century, we called it when every address, every date started with 19-something. Back in the 1900s, wow, that seems so long ago, 1989, 99. Yeah, back in that day, leaders had this sense of accomplishment because they found what they called the assembly line. At the, at the turn of that 1900s and something. And, and leaders felt like we've got this thing nailed. We've got it figured out. If we give one task to one person and all they do is, I don't know, make a fender, they can be the best fender maker in the world. So, what we need to do is train them to do the six steps necessary to make a fender. Forget the tires, forget the motors. They do not need to know a thing about windshield wipers. Make fenders, period. Yeah, around the turn of the century, from the 1800s into the 1900s, that's exactly what people focused on. All of our education shifted to that place. That's why, you may not know this, but there's a great TED Talk by a guy by the name of Sir Lawrence... And he talks about how the Industrial Revolution is what created our school systems the way they are. That we trained kids to sit in rows, to get up at certain times and take a lunch break, to move from class to class to class to class to study a subject for a certain period of time, then close the book on that subject and move on to the next subject. We were specifically training them to work in the industrial age assembly line manufacturing plant. What we didn't need was bleed over. Only certain people need to know all five steps. There's only a certain number of people that need to know how to make a fender and a chassis. Yeah, once, once it's on the assembly line, you have your role and stay out of everybody else's business. And what's on your mind was really simple. Take five steps to make a fender. Here they are. Memorize those five steps. Repeat them over and over. And over. Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 2,080 hours a year. After 20 years, maybe you can retire and your house will be paid for. And none of that works the same anymore except our education system is still doing exactly the same thing, which is ironic. So what's on your mind? Are you just following the bent that was already set for you, following the process, the same steps, taking exactly the same steps, hoping to get the same results because the world isn't moving the same way anymore? It's pretty fascinating, though, the number of distractions that can be on the mind of a leader. The amount of things that need... Attention. And it's hard sometimes to shift focus. I heard a guy say just yesterday, women have 32 trillion brain cells and that's why they can literally multitask. Ironic, because I listened to a neuroscientist say the problem with multitasking is that we think we're shifting from one task to another. But there's this residual in our mental capacity that hasn't let go of the last thing. And because that's in our DNA and it's in our hormonal balance in our mind, we get what we call, or what she calls, Dr. Caroline Leaf calls, the multitasking milkshake. She says multitasking is a myth, but you do get a multitasking milkshake. Meaning, if you've ever been, and and you've probably done this, you've been on a phone call with, with a new sale. And you're just about to wrap up this new sale and everything is going great and somebody walks in terrified look on their face slides a piece of paper across the desk you take two seconds to read what's on the paper and suddenly this successful sales call blows up in your face or you wrap up the sales call say hey let me call you back i'll get the paperwork underway we're all good to go and you move on to this note that's laying on your desk and it's like someone just dropped a 500 pound anvil on your head All the world is shifting over this one note. It happened to a lot of people on 9-11. Where were you on 9-11? Happened to a lot of people on October 7th of 2023. When the world shifts just a little bit and you begin to ask, well, what is that going to mean for me? What is that going to mean for everything that I've got planned? All those five-year goals and 10-year goals and 25-year retirement goals, all those things that are set out in front of me, what will this incident mean for me? What's on your mind, leader? What are the chances that those projections, those haters, those wars and rumors of wars, those geopolitical tectonic shifts, what are the chances they're going to impact the way you interact with your team, with your family, with your clients, with your board? Very high. Because this multitasking milkshake says, I've got my mind, my attention, my focus, my energy, my hormones are all moving in this direction. And suddenly something comes out of left field and completely derails what I'm thinking. I've got to stop the task that's at hand and, and recenter my focus. I've got to blink and hope that when I open my eyes, it will be back to normal or I'll be in a new gear or I'll be facing another place. I remember the first time I went for a ride with the guys that The Texas driving experience, these Z06 Corvettes, these guys were master drivers and driving instructors. Some of them seemed like they were half my age. They probably literally were because I was in my late 30s, early 40s when I met them. And I remember the first time we took off down that straightaway. My wife was in one car and I was in the other. We took off side by side. And it was almost like a dead heat race down that straightaway. We got to the hairpin turn and my driver came into that turn, he didn't slow down until he was in the turn. He downshifted two gears, hit the brake once, and then nailed it and took off again. And in this really sharp turn, as we made the turn, the other car passed us. And we got to the next turn, and we got back in front. And we got to the next turn, and the other car passed us. And we played this game all the way around the track a couple of times. And it took me a minute to realize This wasn't a race, this was a coordinated dance. Choreographed, orchestrated, planned, to the finest detail, at 100 miles an hour, moving two vehicles with stranger passengers strapped in beside them. These cars were within inches of each other over 100 miles an hour. Why? Because those drivers focused. Oh, there was 100,000 things going through my head. I would have been braking by now. I've already shifted gears. How come you're not turning the steering wheel yet? What happens if we slide out? All of these things are going through my head. This driver's thinking, I got three inches before I hit the back of that car. He was living in a very small world. He was focused on the task at hand and nothing else. Leader. What's on your mind? Are you focused on the task at hand or the problems at home? Are you focused on the project that you're trying to complete? The Is that track 22 or 23? Or are you focused on the latest phone call, the most recent email, that video that just popped up in your notifications and said, hey, little red button, I've got something new to look at. Look, 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 look over here, look over here, look, email, bing, text message, ding. Hey leader, what's on your mind? Is it the emotional drama and trauma of the past? Is it the hope and the securities of the future? Is it the insecurities of yourself? Are you looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't even like you? These are the kinds of things that will derail your leadership. But remember, leadership is not about you. Leadership is about what you bring to others. So now as a leader, you got to be asking the question of the people on your team. Hey, what's on your mind? Are you focused on the assignment? Are you focused on the task at hand? What can I do to help you focus better on the task at hand? And maybe I I don't have time, even though I have an open-door policy for you to come and sit down at my desk and tell me everything that's going on in your world. What I don't need is all your drama. What I do need is to know that you compartmentalizing your drama and dealing with it at the appropriate time. You lost a sale? I'm sorry. Pick up the phone and call another one. Send out another email. Create a new funnel. Start a new process. That product isn't selling? Keep pushing it. But also get ready for another one. Find another product that reaches the audience a little bit better. Grant Cardone says nobody buys from you because nobody knows who you are. If you've got to spend more time being out in the public where people know who you are, then plan to spend more time out in the public where people know who you are, whether that's in social media or that's literally out in a network meeting having lunch in the public. We're in your uniform so everybody knows. We're in my uniform today because I have network meetings and client meetings today. So what about you? What's on your mind? Is it the next sale? Is it the next opportunity? Is it closing the contract? Is it asking yourself, is the next product ready? What's the next test? Who's the next client that you're onboarding? My wife and I are taking on a couple of new clients in the next 30 days. Got plenty to do between now and the end of the year, but we got a couple of new clients coming on board. And some of them have already sent us everything from their style sheets to their online posting requests and what they're going to be doing when and where. And that's a learning curve. There's a lot of stuff we're going to have to absorb to make sure that we meet their expectations the way they want them. What's on your mind? Well, it can't be whether or not the milk in the refrigerator is spoiled. Uh, There's another time for that. We don't have time to be shifting the emotions of that, dealing with the drama of the cat that got away in the neighborhood. We don't have time for that. We'll focus on that later. Let's focus on that after work. See, these are the kind of things, and you know it as well as I do, because you've lived through it, not only in your own head, but with everybody on your team. If you're not focused like those drivers on the task at hand, if you are not looking downrange and downrange only, focus forward, pay attention to what's coming next at speed, chances are you're going to get distracted. Now, let me also say, like when you're driving in traffic, if your focus is on your cell phone and not the car in front of you, somebody's going to brake check you. If your focus is so on the car in front of you, you're not looking at the peripheral vision, somebody's going to sideswipe you. Yes, this is a metaphor. It's going to happen in your business. It's going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in your relationships. That drama that you didn't see coming is going to take you off your feet. You've got to be aware. You've got to be able to sidestep, pause, backstab. Watch basketball players that are really good at their game. They've got some of the craziest foot movement. They go in directions where you think, that dude's going to come apart. She's She can't make moves like that. Her feet are going to be in one place and her head in another. And yet they do it like little bindi dolls. They're all over the place. Sometimes as a leader, you've got to have that kind of flexibility, pliability, amicability. But sometimes you've got to set your face like Flint and go, you know what? I'm not going to be distracted. I'm face forward. I'm focused only on where I'm going. I'm not paying attention to the nonsense. I'm not paying attention to the drama. I'm not paying attention to the doubters and the haters. Even if the greatest hater that I'm dealing with is the one who's looking at me when I'm brushing my teeth. I can silence that one too. I can focus on what's ahead. I can pay attention to what's important. I can choose where to commit my memory, my emotion, my thought processes, my attention. And because I get to choose those things, I will apply them where they will have the greatest return on reward. I will put them in the place where they serve my clients the best, where they serve my family the best. Those may not be at the same time. Leader, what's on your mind? Are you focused on the task at hand or distracted by everything else? If the second is true, if you find yourself more distracted by everything else, take a minute. Take a break. Maybe you need a sabbatical from everything else that's coming into your life, all the nonsense that's coming into your life. Maybe you just need a break, a day or two. Step out. Go fishing. Whatever it is that gives you a break, clear your mind. Come back with a greater focus. It'll be worth it. And then from time to time, stop, look in the mirror, and ask yourself, hey, Leader, what's on your mind? And then do the same thing for the rest of your team. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Thank you.